like I said, my son, this has been his norm his whole life. Um, but we've had conversations where he has vocalized um, that it's not easy going between two homes. You know, when I'm at dad's house, I really miss my mom. When I'm at mom's house, I really miss my dad. It stinks. And it's not our job as parents to always fix their feelings. It's our job as parents to validate them and hold space for them. You're right. It does suck. It really sucks that you have to go between two homes. And that's it. You know, that's all there is. I validate it. I hold space. I allow him to have those feelings. You know, I can't fix those feelings for one, but for two, not all feelings need to be fixed. Some just need to be felt and that's okay. Welcome to the Well Child Podcast, hosted by Dr. Sammy and Dr. Anna, two board-certified pediatricians and best friends known as the PediPals. This is a safe space where parents, caretakers, guardians, and those interested in pediatric health can find accurate parenting and medical information to raise healthy and happy children. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The PediPals, or visit our website at www.thepdpals.com. We are so grateful to have had a successful first season where we invited widely respected experts to discuss important topics. Here's to an even better season two just for you. Okay, welcome back to another episode of The Well Child. Thank you guys so much for continuing to join in and tune in week after week and allowing us to be part of your lives. Today, we are so excited. We have Abby Williams with us. She is um, also has her own podcast, actually. Um, Abby Williams is a behavioral health therapist. She's the producer and host of Mimosas with Moms podcast, which already I'm a fan, um, <laughs> just by the name alone, <laughs> content creator of the social media platform at Mimosas with Moms and mother of four. And we intend to talk to her about all this stuff. She is uh, super sweet, committed to supporting, empowering, and connecting with mothers in all seasons of motherhood. She's been featured in all kinds of places, including Pop Sugar, Parent romper and she navigates her blended family and co-parenting life in Cincinnati with her husband four kids and two sister laps so welcome Abby thank you so much for having me ladies I am excited that I'm here we're excited to have you so um can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and yeah. your journey and and what brought you to this point in your life. Yeah. So I started my motherhood journey as a young mom. Um, I was 21 years old when I got pregnant or I was 20 years old when I got pregnant with my first, I was 21 when I had him, um, unplanned and I was halfway through my bachelor's degree. Um, when I found out I was expecting and that experience has really driven me to be everything that I am right now. Um, it was the reason for the birth of Mimosas with Moms, um, the platform that I have. And just going through young motherhood was so different than now having my next three. Um, 
a little bit older and more established. Um, you know, it was 11 years ago before there was Facebook mom groups, before there was Instagram or TikTok or any of these places where moms are just easily able to plug in with their group or, you know, their niche, where, wherever you are, you know, I feel like there's a place for you on the internet now, um, whether you're in the trenches of newborn or if you have toddlers, teens, you know, you can find your people. Um, then, you know, there wasn't these pockets. And back then, it was before any of my peers were having kids. So it was very much isolating. It was lonely. Um, and I just, I, I lacked that community. I lacked having the empowerment, the connection. And I think that that is such a beautiful part of motherhood. Um, and now, you know, here I am 11 years later, I've got three more kids. Um, you know, I really find that all those feelings still come up in motherhood. And I talk to so many moms on my platform every day, and it's such a common feeling, this isolation, this loneliness that creeps into motherhood. And while we're all so connected in these journeys and these different, you know, highs and lows that we're going through, we all kind of feel like that. So I love that there are these places now where you can plug in and be reminded you're not alone. You're not the only one struggling with breastfeeding. You're not the only one struggling with fertility or, um, you know, toddler tantrums. What the heck am I doing over here? You know, like there are other people going through these things too. So, um, yeah, so that was really, you know, my passion moment was birthing my first baby, going through that. Um, I never took time off school. I graduated with my bachelor's de degree. He was a summer baby, so I got lucky that way. Um, we have navigated co-parenting, me and his dad. We have a really great co-parenting family. Um, and then... After I graduated with my bachelor's degree, I went on to get my master's, um, and I was a single mom when I started my master's degree program, um, and that was really hard, and I truly, truly believe that moms can do anything because like, I went through that, and you're just like, uh, how did she do it? I don't know how I did it. <laughs> I just think like moms are something fierce, and like we can do anything. Um, I went, I got through that. I graduated number one in my class. I got all kinds of great awards that nobody ever cares about after that moment. Right. <laughs> but you know, I'm like, you did it. And now I'm married. We have our blended family. Um, and so now I have an 11 year old, a four year old, a three year old and a one year old. And man, coming out of like that last year of the pandemic, like, Mamas, I feel you. <laughs> so yeah, true. So that's like that's... a little bit about me. <laughs> no, I love that so much. That really is empowering because you've kind of created this pot, this platform. And I love the name. Can I just say, can we just, you know, put a little emphasis on the name? I love it so much because it's so inviting. I mean, yeah. who doesn't love mimosas? Yeah. And, you know, it's just an inviting place, I think. And um, I think that's why when we connected with you on Instagram, we 
really kind of found that connect because that was part of our mission too, because we see moms every day, you know, we see hundreds of mom every day and we would both talk about it. We're like, they're all going through the same things. They're all having the same struggles and we're saying the same things to them. And so to have people that have been on that end as a mom and then as pediatricians, it I think is really comforting to have, you know, people talking about it because you're right. Like, now the good thing is, is we're all connected and we can have these like groups and these communities and not even be in the same place. Of course, it comes with a lot of information and extra stress (laughs) on top of that. But, you know, if if you find people that resonate with, uh, you know, with positive messaging, I think that's so great. So congratulations for building that on your own. That's so awesome. But I was just curious because you connect with a lot of moms, especially in that initial postpartum period, the fourth trimester that we talk yeah. about. Um, what do you find, uh, you know, that moms struggle with the most? And how do you kind of um, help encourage them through that, like, initial phase of, of parenting? You know, I think that we get so hung up on that you need to have, like, everything figured out right away. And this might be, you know it's a huge transition just across the board. It's a huge transition. Um, whether it's your first baby, your second baby, your third baby, your fourth baby, it is a transition. It's this new person that you've never met before coming into your family. And everybody's like, who is this new person? You don't know who this new person is. You're trying to figure out this new baby. Siblings might be trying to figure out this new baby. Your marriage is like, what are we doing? Um, and, you know, I just, I really think that, we don't give ourselves the time. Um, you know, I think, and I, I've, I'm guilty of it. I've done it every single time too, where you just like want the routine you want, like to get this figured out. You want sleep to get figured out and feeding issues to get figured out. And they do fall into place. You know, I think like the first six weeks are the transition period and maybe even longer, you know, if I'm being honest, you know, I think, your body's healing. You're a different person now. Your marriage is, you know, figuring it out. And, and I just, I think like talking to moms, they feel mom guilt. They feel lonely, isolated, maybe even shameful at times, you know, like, am I the only one going through this? Can I talk about it? You know, and I think that that's kind of the nice thing about these social media platforms now is that it really normalizes all these feelings that is in the postpartum period. You know, there are these joyful moments of you're bringing home this baby, you know, the first moment they lay you on your chest and you're just like filled with love. But there are also people that don't connect with their baby right away. And does that mean that there's something wrong with me? You know, but now you have these places where we're talking about these things. Um, And I think that there's just so much that goes into this postpartum time that is just so hard. And I think that support for new moms is the most important thing. 
Yeah, that's so great. Question. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I was thinking I've seen so many things when you were talking that did answer yeah. the question. Thank you. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking is you were saying that there's these online platforms mm-hmm. and you know, not all of them are as wonderful as yours. And, and that's why we wanted to have you on here because yeah. it, you know, that whole mom shame, mom guilt, you yeah. can get really lost in that world online, you know? Right. Just I think like the comparison can... trap is probably the yeah, like the most you, damaging on social media, right? It's right. so easy to get stuck in there. Yeah. And not only that, but like you can, you can go online and think it's a safe space and suddenly say that you formula fed and you have a bunch of people oh, jumping yeah, on yeah. you saying that you shouldn't have done that. And you, nobody knows you. And so it can right. be, it can be, that can also be isolating. So that's right. why I love mimosas with moms. Cause it's not like that at all. Yeah. Um, but I also love what you said about that first six weeks being really transitional. Yeah. We do expect so much of moms. Like your body takes a beating after childbirth and then you're sleep deprived. Like you start your journey off sleep deprived because you weren't getting good sleep in the third trimester, let's be honest. And then you started off like that. And then you've got, like you said, this brand new little thing that has needs and wants and never takes a break and is adding to the exhaustion. And we, we give off this vibe as a society that you have to have it all be picturesque and perfect and have your hair done and, and, you know, like be in a great mood and be able to cook and do all this other stuff when it's impossible. And (laughs) as a pediatrician, I always tell moms like that first month, if you can survive the first month, you can survive anything. Yeah. And then I, I like later in like 18 months, I'm like, I was just kind of kidding because the toddler, now the toddler years are coming and they are really hard. (laughs) That might be a little harder actually. And then just prep for the teen years too. Right. Yeah. But I'm curious, Abby, um, what do you think parents need to hear most when they're doubting their parenting skills? I think that it's okay to mess up. You know, I think that we put so much pressure on ourselves, right? That like, if I mess up, like I'm going to mess up my child, they're going to be ruined for life. And like, you are a human, you are a human with all your own stuff. (laughs) And yeah, like, and I think that there's so much beauty that comes in the messy and the mistakes and just showing up humanly. Um, you know, I think that we teach our kids that you don't have to be perfect all the time. I think that you teach your kids that apologizing, you know, you model apologizing to your kids. I apologize to my toddlers and my big kid all the time. Um, you know, and I just, I think that there's just needs to be so much more grace. It's okay to mess up. Like, and it's okay to change your mind when you get more information or, you know, as you go on and you're like, actually, this wasn't a good idea. This isn't working. We're going to turn here and redirect, you know, I think like, and it's not going to be the same for every single child either. So, you know, I just, we're always learning and evolving and growing. And then your child grows and evolves and learns something new. And then you have to <laughs> I guess. Try- trust and like try and keep up and then the other one's doing something different and you're like oh my goodness <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot yeah. and so you know like I think yeah I just think that not putting so much pressure and allowing yourself to just make mistakes and it's okay and it doesn't make me a bad mom you know and I'm not a bad mom if 
I fed my kid chicken nuggets or if I, you know, didn't do the Pinterest crafts with my kids or, you know, the that's me. standards are crazy. <laughs> I love you so much for saying that, but that's, that's me. There's, there's one thing I can't do. It's that the, the crafts. Yeah. Yeah. And I get annoyed with the schools when they ask too much of because I'm <laughs> full time working, you know? Right. So yeah, I, I love that, that making mistakes is, is so natural and so mm. part of parenting. And I think that if there's like one thing, you know, that's going to be our clip that we're going to put on Instagram because <laughs> that's so, so good. And it's yeah. so yeah. true. And we're in a society that doesn't recognize that yeah. everyone acts like they're perfect and no one is, you know, and yeah. I see it on, on like social media across the board right now, no matter like what topic or, you know, platform you're following just feel like we are in a society right now where you cannot make mistakes. You have to be right all the time. And there's always new information and there's always things are changing and we're always learning and getting better and growing. And you're going to fall down and make mistakes and say something wrong or do something wrong, you know, and you apologize, you pick yourself up, you keep learning and moving it forward. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I think that's so true because our society rewards like being confident and sometimes overconfident, you know, so parents have to be like, no, I don't make mistakes because I'm in a point of authority. Yeah. And I love that you said, you know, I'm not afraid to apologize. No. I'm not afraid to say, you know, maybe this wasn't the best thing, but this was the best we could do at the time. Mm-hmm. And now the fact that we're open to it and we're opening to reflecting, you know, and introspection that we're going to be like, you know, there's a whole new possibilities and you can really um, do a lot of good just be just by being aware. And and that's so profound because this is, you know, big executives, um, pediatricians, we all have to come from a place of confidence and knowing what we're doing and, you know, but even us as pediatricians, we go over to each other and ask each other questions all the time. Like, have you seen this, you know, and the more you learn, the more you realize that you have so much more to learn. (laughs) And so it's a constant, constant growth. And, and so I just love that you have to be willing to accept your mistakes and make them, you know? Yeah. Um, I know I work um, mainly with children and teens as my big niche um, as a therapist. And I think that a lot of the problems I see when kiddos are coming to me is the parent-child relationship and nobody's like listening to each other, you know? Um, And that's like a lot of the work that I'm doing is with families on, you know, modeling these behaviors. Are you listening to your child? Are you apologizing? Are you understanding them? Are you taking the time to understand them and listen? You know, and I think that these things start immediately, Um, you know, maybe not newborn, but yeah, you're listening to your newborn. They're crying and you're like, hey, she's hungry. you know, and really getting curious with them. What needs are they asking for when they're throwing this tantrum? When my teen is rolling her eyes or, you know, the defiance is going on, what need is being asked for here? I think really getting curious with them, listening to understand, 
and modeling these things, you know, so that they can grow up to be empathetic people who are going out into the world to listen, to apologize when they mess up, to be human and messy. You know, I think it's okay. And I think it's so beautiful. You're tuned in to the Wild Child Podcast brought to you by the PD Pals. The PD Pals is our passion project and not-for-profit company where we aim to educate and empower parents and guardians and offer you accessible health tips. Our mission is to also support future female doctors. We currently have interns on our team who are all at different parts of their medical school journey. If you'd like to support our mission and help with our podcasting costs, you can donate to our Venmo at the PD Pals or our Zelle, which is hello at thepdpals.com. We greatly appreciate our audience's support. You can also support our interns on Venmo at interns-pdpals. I am curious, um, since you were you brought that up and it's, mm-hmm. it's such good tips for moms, from your professional expertise and then also through your life experience, yeah. one thing like we often see as pediatricians uh, we often have families come to us when there is a divorce mm-hmm. and asking us how to help the children through this time and then how to co-parent in the future. What kind of tips do you have for our audience in those situations? Yeah. So, um, you know, I definitely have like a unicorn co-parenting situation where I get along really, really well with my co-parent. Um, we started out young, so I feel like it should have gone the other way where we shouldn't really get along because we were both very young and immature. Um, But I think that we both had like this respect for one another that if we are fighting each other, then we can't get ahead in life. And if neither one of us is propelling forward, then our son is the one suffering. And I think that that is the best advice that I can give to any parent and especially co-parents is that it's not about you. It's not about your co-parent. It's about your kid. And you have to put your kid first. They have to come before the drama and the feelings that you have towards the co-parent. And there's a lot of reasons why people are divorcing or separating or co-parenting. But usually there's little feelings involved. You know, there's hurt feelings. Maybe there was an affair or money or addiction or, you know, something that you have a lot of feelings around and you are allowed to have those feelings. You are allowed to not like that person. You are allowed to feel hurt. You're allowed to feel resentment. Um, Therapy is a great space. (laughs) I think everybody should be in therapy. And I say that probably in every single podcast episode on my podcast. Um, I'm just like, everybody go get in therapy. Um, You know, that's a great space to kind of unpack those feelings in front of your kid is not the space. Um, Putting your kid in the middle, talking bad about a co-parent in front of your child. You know, those are not their emotional burdens to carry. Um, And unless there's a safety concern, your child deserves that relationship with their other parent. Um, And you have to respect that and honor that and give that to them. That's a gift, you know, to have that relationship with their mom or dad, Um, which also comes with, and my other, like, I guess, tip is you cannot control everything, which is the hardest part. (laughs) It's so hard to give up that control. You know, you have these babies that come out and they're yours, you know, you're 
yeah, I just, it's so hard. It's so hard to then give up 50% or whatever the percent is of their life to this other parent. And I have no control over what their bedtime is over there. Are they eating the vegetables that I would be feeding them? How much screen time are they getting over at that other parent's house? Because I only do this amount of screen time, you know, and I just like the list could go on and on, right? Of all the things that you would be doing that is so much better than whatever they would be doing or vice versa. Maybe you guys are on the same page, Um, but you can't be having those fights because you have to give up some of that control and it is hard. It's yeah. hard. It sounds hard. It, <laughs> it hard. really is. And, you know, just like Sammy said, we'll get those parents. And I actually appreciate those parents that come in and say, you know, we're going through this process or we're about to be going and I'm reaching out to you because we're looking at therapy options or we're looking at how to manage this. But a lot of times we'll also get kids that come in having tummy aches and headaches yeah. and anger problems and, you know, acting out. And so, A lot of times, I think the other thing parents forget is that kids don't necessarily vocalize kind of the emotional stress that they're going through. And this is like, I think a great teaching point to be like paying attention to what kids are telling you, but also the other things that they're not telling you, you know, are they more irritable? Are they not sleeping well? Are they having these stomach aches and headaches and kind of vague symptoms, you know, and And we see this so much, you know, and a lot of times we'll see the symptoms and then we'll say, we, you know, we go through all of it and it's like, what other stresses are going on? And often we find there's a broken home or, you know, um, a divorce or something like that. So I think that's so true as you have to put aside some of your, you know, some of your emotional uh, traumas and all, and and it's so hard to do. Like it's it's so hard, difficult. Yeah. And I don't think that, you know, even in my situation where we get along so great, we communicate well, we do birthdays and Christmas and Halloween together um, you know, even in that situation, it is so hard and giving up that control is so hard, but, you know, I think co-parenting isn't always easy, but putting your child first should always be the easy part. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. Do you recommend that all kids, um, of parents that are going through a separation Mm -hmm. get therapy? Um, I don't always necessarily recommend that for the child. Um, I definitely recommend it for the parents because I think that you're, you know, you need your space um, to kind of unload and process so that you're your best self in front of your children. Um, Healthy mommy raises healthy babies. But yeah, you know, I think that so for like for my situation, my son was one when we separated you know, that's all he's ever known. Um, but I work with a lot of kids who are going through it or maybe, you know, things are getting harder and now they're having some of these, you know, symptoms that you guys were explaining. And I'm like, yeah, stress, (laughs) um, anxiety comes up a lot, um, and kids in these situations. So I think that if you're noticing that your child is struggling, with the situation, therapy is a great place. Um, doesn't mean that your child needs to be on medication or that there's something wrong with your child. You know, I just think that therapy is a great place to have an outside person that you can unload on, you know, maybe, and I tell my kids this all the time, especially my big kid who is in the co-parenting situation. Um, we talk about therapy all the time and I'm like, you know, if there's ever a time where you feel like, you can't talk to mom or dad about something, that's okay. 
Um, but like, let's get somebody that you can talk to, you know, and therapy is a great place to do those things. You know, maybe you're just not comfortable talking about, um, you know, how you're feeling with this new co-parenting situation. So I think just like checking in with your child is probably where you would start. Um, how are you feeling? Are you okay? Um, allowing space for them to say, you know, how they feel about it. You know, like I said, my son, this has been his norm his whole life. Um, but we've had conversations where he has vocalized, um, that it's not easy going between two homes. You know, when I'm at dad's house, I really miss my mom. When I'm at mom's house, I really miss my dad. It stinks. And it's not our job as parents to always fix their feelings. It's our job as parents to validate them and hold space for them. You're right. It does suck. It really sucks that you have to go between two homes. And that's it. You know, that's all there is. I validate it. I hold space. I allow him to have those feelings. You know, I can't fix those feelings for one, but for two, not all feelings need to be fixed. Some just need to be felt and that's okay. Oh, so good. <laughs> Thanks, <Abby>. I love <laughs> it. It's so true. It's a life lesson, right? You can't always fix things and you have to start from a young age, you know, feeling that it's not always going to go the way you envisioned and it's okay. You know, that's, yeah, that's another one of those like moments that we can <laughs> put in our intro section when we, <laughs> when we introduce you in our podcast. But um, another question that I had more uh, for you coming as a parent, yeah. um, are there any things that you wish that your pediatrician helped you with? Are there any struggles or, or ways that they could have made things easier as you were going through this process of, you know, co-parenting, having a blended family or just raising kids? You know, I'm really lucky that I have an amazing pediatrician. She was actually my pediatrician and I joke, I call her our grandma pediatrician um, (laughs) because now she's seeing my generation of kids. Um, But, you know, and even, you know, 11 years ago when I was coming with my son, um, he had a speech to lay and me being a young mom, I would have never known that, you know, I there wasn't social media. There wasn't access at your fingertips. I didn't have a smartphone where you're up in the middle of the night Googling everything. Um, I just wasn't doing that back then. I had one baby book, I think, one of like the what to expect when you're expecting books maybe. But was I really like just diving into it the way that maybe moms are today? No. Um, You know, so when he was maybe 18 months old, He really wasn't talking at all. And she referred me to speech therapy. And there were so many people in my life that was like, oh my gosh, she's only 18 months old. You know, he'll he'll start talking eventually. And they thought like I was nuts for going ahead and doing speech therapy. But I'm like, you know, well, what is he going to lose going to speech therapy now? You know, maybe he would have been fine, but like, I don't think that you're losing by going. I think early interventions are a gift. Um, So we got involved in that. And a year later, he was discharged and right where he needed to be. Um, So I wouldn't really say that she could have done anything better, but I would just want to like highlight how great that was, that she was really on it, where me as a young mom 
And at a time when the information wasn't as easily as accessible, you know, I didn't have peers where I was bouncing these things off of, she was really good on um, helping me and making sure that, you know, my son was meeting the milestones that he should have been. I will say though, that I feel like I got a lot of judgment, right. Becoming a young mom. And it was a really hard time uh, from family, from peers, but especially doctor's offices. I would come into my eye doctor, the dentist, the pediatrician, wherever. And that you could just like feel the, like, are you the nanny or are you old enough to have a baby? And I'd be like, guys, I graduated high school. Um, you know, and I'm like, even if you did it, I don't think that, you know, any mom of any age should be judged. Um, you know, they are a mother just the same as a mother in her thirties, a mother in her twenties, a mother, you know, younger is a mother and all moms deserve that support and empowerment and encouragement and connectedness. Um, you know, I think once you become part of the mom club, you deserve a seat at the table. So I will say, I hope that that's gotten better, but if you see a young mom, support them, encourage them. I'd like to think so. That shocked me. I don't know how you <laughs> felt about that, Hannah. I don't think we've ever yeah, cared totally. either way. Yeah. You know, like you said, a mom is a mom and, and um, everyone comes with different backgrounds and different stories. So judgment is, there's no place in judgment in medicine. That's for sure. And yeah. we never assume we always ask because there's all kinds of families, you know, there's, right. there's step parents and foster parents and adoptive parents and that's all true. ages. And so you always have to be, you know, and couples of different orientations that uh, you really have to, you're right though. Sometimes um, people's, you know, faces can give away <laughs> a certain judgment too. Yeah, so Yeah. <laughs> well, Abby, I know that our audience has already gotten so, so much out of this and, yeah. and I know that they probably loved every minute of it. Is there any, or do you have any parting words of wisdom before we wrap it up? You know, I just really want every mom out there to just know you are doing a great job, even on the days when you feel like you're not, even on the days when you feel like you could be doing more, even on the days when you have no idea what the heck you're doing. All three of us right here on this podcast go through those exact same days <laughs> and, you know, you are doing a great job. I totally agree. I totally agree. I, um, you know, showing up is enough yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. for motherhood. And just the fact that a mom would be listening to this means they're not only showing up, but they're invested in growth and improvement. Mm -hmm. So um, that deserves all the praise in the world. So thanks for saying that. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We certainly hope we can have you again. And I know we'll have a part two, hopefully together and reunite in a few weeks. Yes. Um, and thanks again. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, hospital, organization, employer, or company. Assumptions made in the analysis are not reflective of the position of any entity other than the participants. The participants are critically thinking human beings. Therefore, these views are always subject to change, revision, reconsideration, and recalculation at any time.
This podcast collaboration makes no warranties or representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information, communication exchange, and the participants will not be liable for any errors, omissions, or delays in this information, or any losses, injuries, or damages arising from its broadcast dissemination or use. All information is provided on an as-is basis. It is the communication recipient's responsibility to verify any facts.